Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Mortal Kombat! Actually, they changed it. I don't like this version as much. No. I mean, the movie and the song. <laughs> you know uh, it's bad song. when this movie makes you uh, appreciate the Paul W.S. Anderson version. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, uh, we are reviewing this the day after the Oscars. Weirdly enough, best picture contender um, for 2021. Yeah, a little delayed because I didn't. Uh, I unfortunately did not. Uh, I wasn't able to pre-screen the movie. I had to pay twenty seven dollars or twenty six dollars or something for it, um, which hurt my soul. <laughs> but was it sucked my, out of you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cineplex came over to me. Is like your soul is mine, and um, I rented it on the Cineplex store. That's a whole other story. Um, uh, but yes, today we are uh, reviewing uh, Simon McQuaid's. Is that how you? I think it's McQuaid. McQu- McQuaid's uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, I I didn't fuck. We recorded right before this. Everyone, um, this is going to be a free flowing, you know, uh, fun. This isn't you know, going to be fa- a tournament fatality battle. It's going to be a free for all where there is no actual Mortal Kombat. It's just people no. fighting for the Earth realm. It's going to be nonsensical, just like the movie. Um, I wanted to get all the information, which I usually have prepped before this, but well, you uh, have my apologies. You have the charismaless uh, Louis Tan as yeah, so the- Louis Tan, Jessica uh, McNamee, uh, Josh Lawson, uh, Tadanabu Asano, uh, Mekad Brooks, uh, Ludi Lin, uh, Chin Han, Joe uh, Taslim, and uh, Hirokai Sanada. Uh, as well as others uh, in, in Mortal Kombat, which is now available for you guys to rent on premium, v- premium VOD. Premium. Uh, you can, can you tell it's the day after the Oscars? Well, also, we we've ju- for, yeah, we uh, just recorded for uh, an hour or so, and, and yeah. now we're also talking about Mortal Kombat. This is not a flawless victory by any means by me. Um, uh, available on premium VOD for, uh, depending on where you rent it, uh, uh, $25 or $26, $27. Weirdly, it was more expensive on Cineplex than Apple and other places. Uh, and also but in the quality HBO. was higher though, right, Matt? No, it was worse. worse. <laughs> um, and then it was on HBO Max in the US as well as in theaters as well. Eric... Uh, we recently watched, uh, you know, both Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes, the 1995 to- film and the 97 uh, follow-up, um, which, again, if we are to compare and contrast or rank these movies within the pantheon of the <laughs> Mortal Kombat legacy, I would say that this Mortal Kombat, the, the, the latest one, this, this, this newest reimagining of the classic video game that's been around for 30 years where fighters are pitted against one another in deadly combat and one of them is finished off in a brutal and horrible way, I would say that this is the second best uh of the of the three the first still being again i'm laughing as i'm saying this the paul ws anderson version which is amazingly difficult to to to, to do like this this that's the thing that astonished me like i was watching this movie and thinking to myself well you know what uh the paul ws anderson movie actually had some charm to it with the practical effects and you know the the structure 90s cheese the 90s cheese but even just like not caring about the property, but still at least, you know, including an actual tournament in within there where this version is darker is and self-serious 
and kind of is basically trying to create a franchise, but doesn't actually have the tournament itself, which almost defeats the purpose of this entire movie. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, supremely, not necessarily even disappointed because I, I think my expectations were, you know, not in the toilet, but they, they weren't very high. I, I liked that first trailer. I thought the um, it was very smart to include the scenes that they did in the trailer because I think those are probably some of the more fun moments in the movie. The bloodier, um, violent it, scenes that kind yeah, of accentuate just, that kind of stuff. And it's just surrounded by a bun- bunch of nonsense. I think their biggest crime is having uh, a very generic uh, lead character that doesn't even come from the games called Cole Young. <laughs> and um, that's the main guy's yeah. name, right? Like the lead Played character. And he's like yeah. Louis Tan, who's a former MMA fighter. Um, we don't need the, the plot is like, you know, Earthrealm and uh, Outer Worlds are, Elder World are like, basically uh, at a, a, a sort of a standstill competition wise. And that Earthrealm has lost the last nine, nine. combats and out- stupid premise. Outer- if they win one more, they get to control yeah, Earth. But, it's like, what? Outer World wants to take over early. So they are killing off uh, the All Mortal Kombat fighters that are, are given um, their credibility or their their insignia through the uh, Mortal Kombat symbol. So they, they it, you know, some people consider it a birthmark if they've had it their, all their lives, or um, you know, they're the, the chosen ones to to represent the Earth realm. And some of those people are uh, more honest and reputable than others, uh, as we see with uh, Sonya Blade and uh, uh, Cole Can- uh, Young, Kano but then or- versus Kano, who. Um, is probably the best thing about this movie uh, played by uh, Josh Lawson um, uh, who has a very memorable spit take. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I will say that. Um, the Travelocity gnomes are yeah. shaking in their boots. Um Yeah. It's uh, I don't know, man. It's, like- it's very much all structured around the fight sequences. And although like, yeah, it is, R-rated in its, you know, depiction of violence and how the characters, you know, beat the shit out of each other and and, and finish each other off fatalities. in the fatalities. Yeah. But everything sort of around it structurally from a screenplay point of view is so clunky um, and incoherent at times that it feels like you are watching just a very expensive but still cheap looking fan made movie that's probably on par with that web series that was made uh, in the mid 2000s with Michael Jai White. So like it, this, this film, yeah. like even some of just like the backdrops just look like really bad blue or green screen sort of um you know post effect sort of rotoscoped um sequences where like you can see the characters standing in the foreground but then in the background it kind of looks blurry when they're like training at raiden's uh temple so the chosen the 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 chosen few uh head to raiden's temple where they meet up with uh Liu Kang, um, who's not the lead this time around, he's a supporting character and he's already well-versed in the world of Mortal Kombat and uh, has his abilities that he's tapped into, his firepower. Um, I always liked that character and I actually didn't mind him in the yeah, uh, the two previous films and I kind of liked him as the lead. Like, I'd rather have had him the lead again than some guy that is just like your some generic, generic character. You know, yeah, that- VOD hero like feels more like appropriate for a vvs film or something like that than like the lead in this although this movie does feel like a film that is made for 
uh vod or streaming streaming yeah no i'm totally with you on that where um i thought some of the the fight sequences were cool mostly the stuff between scorpion and and sub-zero i think the last fight uh between them which we see a lot of it in that trailer we saw is is it's pretty fun um but i i think its biggest crime is that the rest of it is just kind of generic and um again i think it is missing that kind of 90s charm where we could laugh sort of with or at the paul ws anderson movie going back to it and like it, it, even starting the movie off with that banger like mortal combat and that then movie going right peaked into in that. the first five like, seconds of that film like literally after definitely that. but i think you needed that energy in this movie and i feel like you never quite had it like you do have this kind of generic leading man that's just an mma fighter and they go you know and his lineage is revealed later of why he's you know kind of chosen to be part of this and and we won't go into all of that but again a weird choice if that's his lineage of why you wouldn't just make him a new version of that character like like a descendant of that character wouldn't you know inherit the qualities of that character doesn't make any sense to me but he gets this generic kind of like rubbery looking like drax fucking armor or whatever like and some police batons like it just it it was so strange of like why you would choose to have i guess they wanted to build a franchise out of this and they go okay well to have a lead character we want to build a new character around these movies that's specific to this movie franchise and i just don't think that really worked and then if that doesn't work then you really need to make you know the other mortal Kombat characters that you either know and love or might know from the other movies or for the video games you really need them to stand out and sure some do more than others like i think sonya blade is kind of very generic in the movie as well even Uh, though she's the most proactive character it's kind of funny to think that both her and jacks are now these weird like conspiracy theorists and have like all these like you know cut out newspaper ads and like photos to like leading to the world of mortal Kombat. Yeah, at least in this, they they give you a reason why Jax has his metal arms, Which his I, little metal arms. I have are to weird. say that that you know, like how he gets his metal arms and where they leave that character for a little while is pretty brutal. Like that was the one yeah. moment where it's like, oh wow, that's that's a pretty gnarly uh, way to go. Not just with the the arms, but like you know when he's thrown over the edge. Like I was like, oh, oh god, and wow. he smashes his head. I'm like, how's he survive yeah. that? Um, and like I, I, again, this movie I don't think necessarily needed a great plot or a great story, but it has too much um, as well. Like it feels overly yeah. done. Like I know that there's well, that's what there's I mean. backstory like, for it, Scorpion and and Sub Zero, but it's like there's lots of lore for Mortal Kombat. There's right. eleven games of it, right? right? But so, it's like, it's not it. necessary. Like it's overthinking things, and it's like I don't need this. Like again, I know that there is the rivalry between Sub Zero and Scorpion, but I don't need this. You know, overproduced backstory that dramatizes you know the centuries old feud. I just need these two cool looking characters to fight each other. Like that, that's it. And it kind of feels like it's just going so far out of its way to, for people to take it seriously, or like this is the darker, edgier version of mortal Kombat, And there's not a lot of room for fun with the exception of some of the fights and even the, and the fights, fatalities and stuff yeah, like are that. bloody and gross, but it's almost like, again, there's, it's not enjoyable because it almost is so, brutal at times where you're just like and even the fights weren't really interesting to look at right like you have someone like uh joe uh tazleem in this and like then that flashes you back to the raid and then you're like 
the fight sequence I, I know eric you're not a huge fan of that movie but i think you can say like the fight sequences in that movie at least were thrilling and felt like oh yeah um like i i just feel like that movie has a kinetic energy to it of the going up and just like well in a one some- in a single location too like yeah, you remember the like, butter knife scene of him trying to get the bullets out more so than anything in this movie or even something like Bloodsport, which we just watched. Um, not a great movie by any means. And o- obviously Mortal Kombat slightly based off of Bloodsport and the and the character Johnny Cage slightly based off of Jean-Claude Van Damme in that movie. But like that kind of had an energy around it of like you get it with the tournament vibe, this hidden tournament where, you know, anything can happen. You can be brutally killed or or um, and you have this crazy cast of characters to spend a whole movie just not even getting to the tournament. And it's just Shang Tsung trying to assassinate everyone on earth realm that could make it to the tournament just ends up kind of losing i feel like it's purpose and like i get like you can't put all your chips into we want to make this into a franchise so you got to wait till number two to get the tournament it's like no that's not what i'm i'm here for i'm like i want to see yeah goro versus someone but i don't want goro to be at some dude's fucking trailer park trying to or farm <laughs> or something trying to kill him goro like, that's sucks not in what this. I, i'm sorry yeah, like goro Goro does in, in the original like, one actually again because of the practical effects is more interesting yeah. yeah and like goro sucks and like um even some of the characters that you choose and how they're used and like i think you get some cool moments uh and some cool fatalities and like kano has some one-liners that are are hit or miss mostly miss but sometimes hit um, i like that he's a he's I, a, a, a a comic book artist or graphic novelist <laughs> yeah um, I think, um, having, uh, Kung Lao in there and his fatality with the spinning hat that slices someone in half. Like there's a lot of great fan servicey moments in this where I feel like if you're a huge Mortal Kombat fan, you'll go, oh, that's that fatality or that's that move. Or like there was even the, uh, Liu Kang, uh, spinning leg kick thing, which was like almost, you know, a joke in the first Mortal Kombat games of that you would just spam his leg sweep move. So to have those little moments in there for hardcore fans that um, I think that's why, you know, hardcore Mortal Kombat fans will probably defend this movie or go, I had fun with it. And you're seeing a little bit of that online because usually we review stuff before reviews come out and people's reactions. And um, this is the first time in a while I feel like we've been, you know, the the reaction from everyone i usually don't let that kind of bleed into our reviews or my review but um just to kind of spin some positives like it, it's been interesting to see that the, the, most people understand that the movie's not great but there is a, a subsect of people who you know are, are defending it whether it's for its fight sequences or its nastiness and its fatalities and and or just and, to have a good video game movie just to have a yeah i think people are just want that too right and i think like when you're such a huge fan of a franchise you might be a little softer on it because it's still you know they're using your favorite characters move that you remember from the game or or, or whatever but I don't know. Like there's very little positives for me to be found. Like again, the one part where I was really kind of into it, I was like, Oh fuck this sub zero scorpion fight at the end is really, really cool. But it's for like five minutes in the last act. And there was a lot of buildup there where I'm like, you know, 
them training in the and teaching you know Cole Young to find his powers or whatever is just like not interesting and like um I don't know and they t- they took themselves way too serious uh which you brought up at the beginning of the show of like this story is so dumb and like even the concept of Mortal Kombat is so silly and like but I feel like they really wanted to franchise this into being like well you know, let's do what Marvel and DC and, and not necessarily a shared universe, but like, let's, let's take this really serious and, and try to build lore and like the history of Scorpion and Sub-Zero's, you know, rivalry and, and, and everything. And it just doesn't, you're like, who cares? I just want to see some cool fight scenes. Like just show me really awesome fight sequences with great special effects and great creatures or whatever or and like even the fight sequences feel weirdly edited and choppy and like don't really flow that well to the point where you're like oh this is really cool and um like there's a lot of it in the movie i just don't find any of it really that interesting it's just a weird kind of mess in terms of that stuff and and like again I agree with you. I think probably the best part is in terms of like the fights are is that final sequence between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. But the other thing is you you cast somebody like Hiroyuki Sonata, who is a really captivating and and interesting presence. I mean, he was the uh, I've been talking about Danny Boyle's Sunshine recently. He was the captain in that and he was in Twilight Samurai. He's a really, really wonderful Japanese actor. You probably saw him in, you know, Avengers Endgame during one scene with him and uh, uh, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Um, but I think in casting him, there's this obligation of showing his face. So them continually taking off their masks yeah. becomes distracting after a and while. And loses the allure of Scorpion and Sub Zero, yeah. I think, too, right? Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's almost like okay, well, it's almost like in the same thing with the superhero movies where you hire like a big name actor to play your hero, but half the time they're either Will CG or, whatever. or yeah, yeah, so you need to see their face, so they either keep taking their mask off or don't wear their mask, um, or you know, like there's there's some excuse. I mean, like not that I I wanted to see his face, but like I had a similar problem with with like Topher Grace when he was Venom because half of the time they would have the, the to, Venom like, peel mask back, peel back yeah. to be like, hey, it's me for and you're like i we know this like don't just yeah. show me the cgi venom don't show me yeah. the actor where in the case i do like sonata quite a bit as an actor um but i just don't i don't like that character you don't need to see his face so you don't need to hire somebody like that who is is a is a well-known name or at least in in terms of the, the international community is is well known yeah. it just kind of feels like it's distracting more so than anything else no, nothing against really him good, performance um, wise it's just you know, just cast really good stunt actors, right? Yeah. Or stunt fighters. And like, and you could have even gotten someone to do a voice like they did with, you know, Cabal. Cabal or, was or, one of the characters I liked, I like, even though yeah, he's same. a character that I also feel like his voice doesn't necessarily fit with the it's character. Damon, it's Damon Her- uh, Harriman, yeah. right? From, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and he played- He was in The Square. Because this He played Charles Manson in Mindhunter and Once Upon a yeah, Time. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good Australian actor. He's also in uh, Barry Jenkins' upcoming series as well. Um, yeah. But, but um, like, I like 
the voice and I like the design of that character. Like it's very much like Power Rangers kind of or, oh, totally, or Biker yeah. Mice from Mars kind of. And that's what's great about Mortal Kombat is they have a lot of that, but they didn't treat it in that way where I think Cabal they did to a certain extent when they send Cabal. And if I was eight, I would buy an action figure of Cabal if I saw that. Oh, that as totally. An he has a cool mask and like and they did the right thing there where they had uh, Daniel Nelson play him for action and stunts and then they had Damon uh, Harriman um play the voice right and i feel like that's kind of what you got to do it's with basically Mortal like Kombat darth vader right like, like you know yeah. you get you get david prowse for the suit and then james earl jones is the voice yeah and i just feel like um i agree with you with the scorpion and sub-zero stuff like uh, uh sonata is a great actor and i think you could have used him in that opening you know prologue but when he's scorpion you you probably could have done something a bit different and and yeah him keep having to remove the mask and scorpions and sub-zero that's it's so iconic even sub-zero's muted kind of costume sort of bothered me too like i wanted it to be like that vibrant kind of blue but the it was more of like a it was more of kind of like a gray yeah it's like almost like sepia tone yeah um and in scorpion like when he you know when he becomes scorpion and has his full costume looks pretty cool and i thought again yeah that fight sequence is is the highlight for me and there's a couple good moments in that last act that finally like when they use the music finally i was like okay cool like this is but they again like annihilation terrible movie but at least they had the the knowledge of using that theme like four different times well also again <laughs> like, going back to it i think both mortal Kombat the, the the 95 version and and the annihilation in 97 the the people that were making those movies i mean paul w sanderson didn't direct annihilation but the people that were making those films didn't have didn't take those movies seriously they didn't have reverence for the the source material yeah they they maybe some of the people that made it played the game or enjoyed it or whatever they were just making a a a silly fantasy action movie you know and they treated it as such and you know it's not a great film by any means but i think part of the fun of that movie or at least the first one the 95 movie is that it's the practical effects uh, the song slash theme the banger song steals the entire movie. This movie, that movie peaks. I keep saying this at the, in the opening title credits, there's nowhere to go, but down after that, but, and but how it dare also they not time, just do right? that again? It, it, that movie has had enough time now where there is a, a, you know, people like us that grew up with it, have a fun nostalgia for it, even though it is terrible. Um, where this version is so self-serious down to the way they reimagine the score that it's almost like, you know, this, this, almost like the filmmakers like, okay, how would Christopher Nolan make this version of Mortal Kombat? You know, like how would they kind of, how, how do we make this serious and show that, you know, we are fans, but also we're making a, you know, a great movie, you know, in With the context, lore yeah, and like yeah, and like a story. Yeah. How that's do we really take Japanese and like, Chinese, you know, historical yeah. feuds and intertwine them into Scorpion and Sub Zero? You know, like we're we're being serious about this. We're not being like the '95 or '97 version where you know this was they were they were just making a cheap, you know, quick uh, action movie to to make some money off yeah. of a property that was really successful and still is uh, at, I, at the time. I think, and to your point, the most egregious thing is that there's no tournament in this movie. And I'm like, you got, I, I get that, like, you can't have a tournament every movie if you want to make this a franchise. Cause, like, 
that doesn't really make sense if you just do the same thing over and over again. But like the way, the way this movie ends and I'm like, why would they even be going to look for that character for one? And like that character should have been the lead like that. I almost feel like, again, I actually really didn't mind like, and I having rewatched the, uh, the 95 and 97 version, like you have, I actually liked that Liu Kang was the lead. I didn't mind that, but I didn't know any better because I didn't really play the games and I didn't really know who was the lead or what have you. So just seeing Liu Kang, like that's my reference point are, are, are the movies. Liu Kang, I think was always one of the main characters yeah. in the, in the but, him, Johnny Cage and, and, and Sonya Sonya Blade. Blade. Yeah. And like, yeah. And I, I rather have had the them leads. all be the leads again. Like why create this new character? You know, unless you have an actor or a lead that is charismatic and interesting that you can kind of build a film around, you know, nothing against Lewis 10 in terms of yeah. maybe he does have range or maybe it just wasn't picking up on camera, but his performance. No, some of the line. De- no, the, the script is awful, yeah. but the line, like the line delivery from a lot of people is just like, the performance isn't warranted. No, it's not at all. And, um, I just, yeah, I'm totally with you that like you could have just kind of built around the characters that you already have, especially because you're making this movie for, you know, I mean, no, no one's interested in this movie unless you really kind of dig the video games and stuff like that for the most part. Like you're watching it because you have to because you're reviewing it and things like that. But uh, or you have some sort of nostalgia to those, you know, 90s movies and that being said, like they do weirdly take like little nods and things from those, those nineties movies. It feels like that aren't just ripped from the games. They're ripped from those movies. Um, so to kind of introduce this new character, um, and I get it, you're making a movie. You don't want to always use like pre-existing material and you want to come up with or your recycle thing, anything over and over e- again. Even his like, gimmick or his 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 powers or whatever compared to everyone else's are kind of lame like they're just not as interesting right like or just well defined in any way like yeah like you said like he has like a like a thick skin that has you know these batons that come out and you know he you know his his focus or the thing that kind of gets him passionate is that you know he has to protect his family and like that's kind of like the big thing for his character um where again like and he's an mma fighter yeah and 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 like his kind of arc there is that you know he's kind of a washed up mma fighter that he used to be one of the best and now he's kind of you know past his prime and and taking whatever gig he can to make money to support his family and it just kind of feels like just such a generic and 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 basic sort of uh character arc for for somebody like that like you could do that with you know Johnny Cage and make him kind of a washed up star of a former version of himself and that would exactly I think would be just the same and maybe even more interesting if you got the right actor for the role um i think if you cast someone who was like who is that if you like got sort Nick of Cage a washed up like as, as Johnny Cage as Johnny Cage yeah but like if you cast up like a washed up kind of movie actor but like i i know that they're probably going to have to cast in the age range of of Sonya Blade and, 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 and things like that. But even someone like, I know people are throwing out like someone like the Miz or, or um, like someone who fits that corny kind of like shitty action star kind of thing or right. tried want, want to be action star. And um, uh, I'm very curious to see how they move forward. Cause I'm, I'm guessing we will get, you know, Mortal Kombat 2. Um, Annihilation. Uh, 
yeah, I, I have no doubt that you know this will be a modest success on on HBO Max and, and in theaters. But um, and I I don't know. I hope they they do something more interesting with the sequel. But um, right now I'm just like I know it's building up to make Cole Young probably like you know the person who's going to win this tournament. Or what I hope they do is you know kill him off in the opening five minutes and then make Johnny Cage the lead. Oh, reverse <laughs> like, annihilation. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I don't know, but, but it's, we should also mention um, that, like, you know, the film was shot in and around Australia uh, at Adelaide Studios, and um, James Wan is a producer on the film, and you should—he must be friends with this director, right? Yeah. Because this guy hasn't done anything else. No, no, but you should never underestimate James Wan when he puts his name oh, to something, yeah. because you look at like. I'm sure Mortal Kombat Conjuring costs more and- than the Conjuring movie. Well, maybe not the Conjuring movies, but definitely more than Insidious. Um, but those, you look at both of those franchises and how well they've done on a limited budget um, and modestly made. And I feel like this is similar in that way, where like this is going to be a franchise now that as you mentioned, like I I could see it going three or four films just based on, you know, keeping the production relatively small, doing a lot of stuff in post-production, like even the blood, like the CGI blood is distracting. Um, Even in the first sort of opening seven minutes of the film, which is online um, it's, it kind of takes away from the whole point of what they're doing to kind of, you know, amp the, the, the intensity of it. Um, But I feel like with James Wan, like you can never, you know, count him out the only thing that hasn't really kind of spawned any franchise are, are dead silence and death sentence you know like everything yeah, those else. were mostly one-offs yeah though, right like they weren't were the, this is I more mean, I planned guess... to be this i mean I, I dead silence probably could have become insidious in, in a way where i think death sentence with kevin bacon was more like a, a like a one-off but i mean i could have seen them being like okay this could become a death wish franchise but um with with dead silence that is the the weird one where like it's like okay that could have been a series but you look at the conjuring universe and insidious and saw and and saw and you're just like yeah this guy like really is sort of a godfather of these you know low budget warner brothers loves him yeah like with i mean with aquaman as well and obviously he also did you know fast fast uh, seven and and things like that but like he seems to be a pretty smart producer business person who knows to kind of like set things up and then he knows when to walk away as well and still have his name attached as an executive producer to make money um Mm -hmm. but yeah i wouldn't like anytime he puts his name on something i'd be like okay i i wouldn't be surprised if this becomes bigger i mean again we joke about it all the time but the conjuring universe being you know bigger than the what the dark universe was supposed to be uh is still or the even the dc universe like like it's just uh warner brothers i don't think ever expected that you know the conjuring universe i mean we have the the devil made me do it coming out we got the first trailer and it's coming out in the next um june a couple it comes out in june like in june, june right yeah. yeah and um it's wild just watching that trailer being like i can't believe they built an entire universe out of these and they feel like those movies get bigger and bigger or sillier or sillier but like um it, it's it's there's this lore with the nun and the different spin-offs and like and then you have you know the connective tissue of the the warrens and um it's just it 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 is wild what that guy has been able to do starting with the saw movies this tiny little independent australian like (laughs) that shot yeah like or the first one wasn't right but the rest of them are i think the first first one one, the first one they shot in toronto oh really okay i didn't know the 
Well, I mean, uh, mostly they okay. shot it in a studio. I mean, like even. Well, I just knew because he was a, a, a you know a, a independent you know Australian filmmaker. I didn't realize that they um the the very first. I'm going to look this up now. But he also has a, another Warner Brothers movie that he directed. That's a smaller film, Malignant, that's coming out uh, later this year, which is a well. horror movie as well. Yeah, right. Which I'm sure that so might who, be something that kind of leads yeah. to, to something else, or maybe is a part of the Conjuring universe. Who knows? Um, I'm just looking yeah. up Saw now because I swear it was shot in Toronto. I mean, I know the series kind of. Since I know everything was, but like um, IMDb would have it. Yeah, right? I'm looking up. The, <laughs> we're well versed in uh, the Conjuring universe. Uh, well, anytime something's in Toronto is like. Oh, no, uh, shot in Los Angeles. Yeah, see, I thought the first one wasn't, but then the rest of them all moved here and then they, they started with the second one shooting. When it became a franchise, um where's the cheapest place we can make this a franchise oh let's go to toronto because like even when you like hear james wan talk about that first film like there's a sequence where danny glover's driving his car to a crime scene and it's you know shot in the dark and the you know the headlights are on and and you know it's but he's oh it's clearly on a studio yeah Yeah. it's on a soundstage and the car's not even moving and it's like that's how that's how you make a cost-effective movie like i and it worked man it yeah worked. and i'm not um, the biggest yeah, james wan fan like i like some of his stuff i think i like the, the idea of him more than the movies he's made but um you know power to him so yeah so i mean obviously he probably cares about this but the the director choice is interesting because like i understand why you just get you know here's a new guy he'll just do what we kind of want like wouldn't it be surprised if James Wan kind of helped ghost direct the movie with him because like the guy you look up his credits I'm like he did a few commercials in Australia I think but that was pretty much it like he hasn't really done anything um so it's shocking to see someone get 95 million dollars which I think was the budget of this movie to do their like first feature film especially if they haven't done any short films or anything like that like when you hire a commercial director you are truly a gun for hire yeah you're like which isn't necessarily a bad thing either because like you know some commercial directors you know like become something like you look at like Michael Mann as a commercial filmmaker. I mean, even though, you know, he's, he's written a lot of his own stuff and and worked on a lot of his stuff, but the way that he's made money over the years is shooting. Everyone has to hone their craft. Right. And there are some interesting advertisements that you can do and it's still filmmaking. It's just, I, I found it fascinating that this guy, you know, was handed a huge project like this, like right off the bat. Right. But um, but that's you know, that's I, because I, it, of James Wan because I like I yeah. guaranteed like you know this guy didn't come off walk off the street and go into Warner Brothers and pitch them and they were like yeah no, we'll give you ninety five million because he's also Australian yeah. right so like I feel like Wan knew him maybe he's buddies with him or whatever and like um and knew his commercial and knew that he was capable and probably was like well I'll help you through the whole process like I'm a producer on the movie so don't worry about it you'll be able to do it it's fine who but. knew that James Wan and Lee Wanell would have the careers that they do right now I yeah I mean shout out to Lee Wanell too because like yeah with um uh Invisible uh, Man and uh Upgrade uh, Upgrade like he's been crushing it too right so um yeah i i mean saw dude you can't underestimate like the power of that franchise and what it's kind of i mean we're getting a new one coming up in a in two weeks which we were just talking about on the uh the 90th draft of the untitled movie podcast ironically in our oscar show but we also did like a 
2021 preview of what's coming up. So uh, go check that out. Uh, as a final rating for Mortal Kombat, I am going to give it a two out of five. I'm also going to give it a very generous two out of five. Yeah. I uh, the two is basically because Scorpion and Sub Zero for me were kind of cool and I like their fight sequences yeah. and I laughed. At but Kano I could understand also times, giving this out like a Cabal. one star or like I could also understand like critics that haven't have no reference to the game or the other movies oh, watching totally, this thing yeah. and being like this is a huge piece of shit, which they're yeah, not wrong. But if you're f- and if you're a huge fan of the game, I think you might like it a little bit more. Or if you're supremely nostalgic for the 90s movies like Eric and I, you might kind of fall somewhere in between. It's not very good, but there are certain things in here that I still uh, kind of think right. are okay. Or, but or like, you'll be com- mad at it for making you feel nostalgic yeah. for the Paul yeah. W.S. Anderson <laughs> <true> version. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, like I mentioned, go check out our Oscars recap show, which is up right now. 90th draft. You guys can go check that out. Um, as well as other reviews we have up right now for Mitchell's versus the machines, uh, among other things, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, the unholy, um, I forget what else we've reviewed lately, but go check out everything. Uh, drop us a review. If you would be so kind on this podcast, uh, we're really trying to get our user reviews up. Uh, follow us at untitled underscore cast. And as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Goro. You can find more of my work at uh, rogerstv.com slash cinema scene. And mortalcombat.com slash Goro. <laughs> and on the social medias at EM6211. Uh, until next time he's about to get his soul he's about to get his soul sucked sucked. (laughs) what a line what a line i laughed so hard at that's what kind of makes like and i think like if it wasn't done by uh, damian harrison like that would not have worked like i think the line reading is what makes that thing work so well (laughs) yeah god that is the best line in the movie and i laughed my ass off at it any anyways finish him get over